0: Welcome to Southern Bells. Hey, y'all. It's Brittany and Beth. So, we're glad that you could join in with us today to listen. Again, if you're interested, you can follow us on Facebook at Southern Bells Faith, Food, and Fitness. And we hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hey, so today's episode, we're going to continue our discussion of recovery um, using the Life Recovery Bible. So this week, I'm going to talk a little bit about my own recovery and the struggle I've had the last couple of weeks. So here's the thing about addiction. It doesn't matter what kind of an addiction it is. It doesn't matter what um, other people tell you. It doesn't matter what the world tells us. What matters is our own heart and how we feel about it. And whether or not we want to change, right? You know, people can tell us something until they're blue in the face and we can just entirely turn off our listening ears. And we could tell someone that we love, that we see dealing with addiction, what we think about it, until we're blue in the face. And they just turn off their listening ears. You know, it reminds me of scripture how... Scripture tells us one will plant, one will water, and God will give the increase. And if you think about that, sometimes the person who appears not to be listening, you're planting that seed. But ultimately, until the timing is right, and until God has laid the foundation, the person or yourself has opened up your heart to receive what God is trying to tell you or bless you with or open your eyes to, you're not going to hear it. You have to have your heart ready. Addiction, overcoming addiction, I should say, starts with a heart change. Um, we might agree with people when they tell us that this is a problem, but that doesn't mean that we're going to change. Uh, it has to be a desire for us to change. It has to be a willingness for us to give up whatever it is that's holding us back. Um Recovery is a road that is really bumpy. It is a road that is not easily traveled. It is a road where you are bushwhacking your way through. It's a road where you have to really find the deepest parts of your strength and your being to press onward. So something that I was struggling with this week was, you know, Beth and I will sometimes say... They've fallen off the wagon, or we've fallen off the wagon. And what we mean by that is we allow our past choices, our past decisions, or our past addictions to creep back into our life. We have two choices. The two choices are either you stay stuck in that mindset and you allow that addiction to return, or you renew your mind. You renew yourself and you renew your body and you move forward. This little journal that goes with the recovery Bible. One thing I like about it that kind of confirmed what I was dealing with this week is that um, you probably won't always go through the 12 steps once a lot of times. It's about a new way of living that requires you to revisit these steps multiple times in your lifetime. That means that you have to learn to overcome the compulsive behaviors. You have to learn to make a connection between what you're doing and how to correct it. You have to learn that addiction is not what we need to allow to control our life. But we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be open to getting it wrong. We have to be open open to putting in the work to find a change. We need to be honest with ourselves and with someone else. Um, one thing you hear about a lot is that people that are going through a recovery will have a accountability partner, someone that they can call on no matter what, no matter the circumstances, no matter when it happens that they're able to just call them. Sometimes they're referred to as sponsors. So <clears throat> the Bible tells us that we need to confess our sins one to another. It's kind of the same. You know, Beth and I will say that sometimes that hey, I just did something and I'm confessing it to you right now because I need to be held accountable for this. I need to be made accountable for what I did. And it's not easy, y'all. Like, it's not going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be more like a trek up Mount Everest. You're going to have unforeseeable consequences and complications and frustrations. But do you also have the determination to reach the top of your Mount Everest so that you can wear that badge with pride, right? We have to recognize that there are, you know, 12 steps to recovery. There's no time frame of what you're going to work through and how quickly you're going to work through it. There's no time frame of... You have to finish step one in this amount of time, step two in this amount of time. You might be in step one for a while. You might be in step two for a while. You might spend a year in step four or five. It just depends on where you're at. But if you let God meet you right where you are and you let him guide you and direct you and lead you, you can overcome this addiction. So step one, I'm going to remind you of what step one is, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. Step one is we admitted that we were powerless over our problems, and that our lives had become unmanageable. I don't really understand myself for what I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Wow. How powerful. It is not us. The created beings that know right from wrong. But it is the sinful nature of humankind that lives within us, that causes us to fall prey to these addictions. It goes on to say, And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do what is wrong. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Right? There's always a struggle. That comes from Romans 7, verses 15 through 20. There's always a struggle within us. You know, you think about the little cartoon characters. You have the angel on one side and the devil on the other. That sums up our lives pretty well. You know, God is always there to lead God and direct us if we allow him. But sure enough, Satan is always right there too to pull us in and suck us into that addiction. We have to do our best. We have to work on who we want to be, not who we are. So the little Bible study questions that they give you... um, That are related to this step are, you know, when in the past did you feel like you were not into control? What did you do to regain control? And how did it turn out? You know, think about that. When in your past did you feel like you did not have control? What did you do to regain control? And how did it turn out? So just like me talking about this week, I was out of control with my eating. I was allowing old habits to creep back in. Having anything and everything that I wanted to eat, even though I knew it responded badly within my body. What did I do to try to regain control? I... Eat the entire cake so I didn't have to look at it every day. <laughs> How often does that happen? That we think, oh, out of sight, out of mind. I'm just going to eat it right now and then it's not here so I don't have to worry about it anymore, right? Like, y'all might think that's crazy, but that's that sometimes happens. Or, Beth. I suck this week because I've done this and I keep doing this and I'm doing this now daily and it's a problem. How's it turn out? If you choose option A and you just eat the entire cake or you partake in a week worth binge of, let's just say whatever your addiction might be, it could be Netflix And you just partake in the week-long binge of Netflix and you don't get anything else accomplished during that week but binging your favorite shows. Or you go to the bar every day. Or you have drugs and you take more drugs and then more drugs and more drugs and more drugs. Because we know that sugar within the body is the same as a drug. Over time, the response to small amounts decreases so we have to have more of it. It's the same, y'all. It is the same. If you take option B and you let someone else know that you're struggling, that does a couple of things. That opens up an avenue for prayer. It opens up a connection with another human being because they can see that you're human and you're struggling too. And it also reminds us that we're responsible for our choices and our actions. Yes, it is sin living within us, but that reminds us that there's a problem. Where's our connection to God during this? We're ignoring it, right? So then it goes on to say, consider how the idea of control affects your relationships. How does it affect your relationship or how did it affect your relationship with your parents, your spouse or your significant other, your children? your siblings, your boss and coworkers, a teacher, or another person who is an authority figure. How does it impact them when you are out of control? And how does it impact them when you are in control? Then they give you the Psalms as a prayer, Psalms 116. God, I admit that I am powerless, but you are powerful. I am limited, but you are sovereign. I am weak, but you are strong. I am indeed, but you are complete. I am unfinished, but you are working on me. God, I admit that I am out of control, but you are in control. I cannot manage, but you do all things well. I am looking for a way out, but you are looking for a way in. God, I admit that I depend on myself, but you are more dependable. I depend on relationships, but you are more dependable. I depend on my addictions and compulsions, but you, you are more dependable. I'm going to remind you of the little book that I was listening to this week called Made to Crave by Lisa Lysa. I can't remember her last name. It starts with a T. But... She feels that we were designed to crave. God made us to have cravings. You know why? Because he wants us to crave after him. He wants us to crave after his love and his affection. Have you ever thought about that? Like as small children, we seek that attention, right? We seek that comfort and compassion and understanding and guidance. We seek it. I agree with her. We are made to crave, but we are also made to help understand that God is, is and can be in complete control of those cravings if we allow him. Our cravings should be for God. Something that I've been repeating to myself this week to try to help me stay on track is we are what we consume and what we consume is what we crave. Let that sink in. We are what we consume. And what we consume is what we crave. Friends, I'm going to share a prayer with you. And then I hope that you are taking this journey with me one step at a time. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this beautiful Tuesday, Lord, for the blessings that you have given us. God, we're thankful for the love and the compassion that you've given us. Lord, we pray that you will be with those that are struggling, Lord Jesus. The ones that are going through this process, Lord, one day at a time. Lord, help their cravings shift from whatever it is that tries to control their life to the negative And allow them to focus, Lord, on you and crave you and your word and your love and your compassion and desire. God, I'm speaking for myself as well. Lord God, help open my heart up to hear all that you have for me, Lord God. Let me be willing to listen. God, I pray that as this sin has seeped into our life, Lord God, that it has found the crevices in which it can hide. Lord, you help us to shine light on it. Lord, we hope that you will help us to illuminate those areas of our life that need work. Lord, we're thankful. God, we're blessed people. Lord, we pray that you will just be with those that are struggling. Lord, ones dealing with financial crisis and hardship. Lord. We pray for our farmers, Lord, in our world and our countries. There's such a state of panic around all of the things with gas and produce and storms. And Lord, we know it's labor pains, it's early signs of your coming. God, we pray that you will just continue to help us to stay focused on you. Lord God, that we not turn from you during these times. Lord, right now I lift uncle robert up to you Lord god as he was in this four-wheeler accident lord and he's had to have these surgeries lord and i know that he's a strong man but god i pray that you will just comfort him and heal him lord god god we pray for beth's daughter-in-law lord as the birth of her baby is soon approaching we pray that you will just continue to bless her in this pregnancy lord jesus and continue to bless the small baby that she is being blessed with Lord, we pray that you will just be with those that are battling with sicknesses and illnesses, Lord Jesus. We're thankful and we praise you, Lord Jesus. In your Son, Jesus' name, amen. Bye, y'all.